And we're going to continue to talk about the importance of listening. My text is Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. I'm going to begin in the first verse, read down through the ninth verse. And again, he began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables, and he said to them in his teaching, Listen, or behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it, and some seed fell on stony ground where it did not have have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth but when the sun was up it was scorched and because it had no root it withered away and some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop but other seeds fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up increased and produced some 30 fold some 60 and a hundred fold verse 9 and he said to them he who has ears to hear Let him hear. Talking about listening once again, we know that's one of the ways that we learn. We can learn, you know, through observation. I think that that's one of the the ways that some people, you know, uh, can learn many things. I think you can learn just through participation. You can be involved uh, with someone and just by being around that environment, you can pick up on a, a lot of of, of ways to do things. And uh, but listening is is another way in which God has has made for us to learn and to grow in knowledge and in understanding. And verse 9 is such a key verse because Jesus is, is sharing a principle or a key about how the kingdom of God operates. And, and it's so important that Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any of the parables. So he was really uh, uh, laying a foundation for them to understand kingdom living and the way that God works in the world in which we live. And and God is fair to everyone. Everyone had, had seed sowed to them. Uh, you know, we understand that the soil represents the heart of the hearer and that, that everyone, at, you know, outside of the, the first person, you know, uh, actually, you know, welcomed or initially uh, uh, was glad to hear the word. Uh, the, the first occasion there is that this person was in a, a wayward place or wayward soil. We would we would say that they weren't interested or didn't place value in the seed. And so uh, Satan came immediately and, and stole the seed. And and that's what he does. He comes and he tries to steal the seed immediately because he's after the seed. And if he can get the seed, then, you know, there's not going to be a harvest. And, and, and Jesus it, and then goes on and he describes the other conditions of the heart of humanity that the seed didn't create it, just revealed and and in doing so, he's saying, I, I want you to really, in verse 9, pay attention to what I'm saying. Uh, listen very closely. Pay co- close attention. And I believe the way that, that we're able to, really able to receive the engrafted word that's able to save our soul is I think we need to practice this discipline. And, and it's called stilling our soul. We need to ask the Lord to do a search uh, we do a lot of searches on in our different engines, uh, wherever uh, you know you choose to, to look up uh, information, or or you want to find a good restaurant, or you're looking for a good place, uh, you know, to go on vacation, or you're booking a hotel, airline flight. I mean, you use a search engine uh, to try to, to help you. 
But have you ever thought about, you know, asking the Lord to sort of search you? And the psalmist did. The psalmist in one in 139 finished that beautiful psalm with this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Sometimes we just need to slow down enough. Uh, to ask the Lord to do a search in our own life and and reveal unto us if there's anything within us that's hindering us from hearing, anything that is preventing us from actually understanding and knowing him in a better way. And if you would begin and I would begin to to implement this practice in our life, I think that we would we would see some growth. The Lord uproots some things in our life uh, some uh, in these moments. There are some things that maybe have been in there and we, we were unaware of them until the light of, of, of his spirit shines brightly in that area. So let me remind you as we pray and we posture ourselves to hear, the Holy Spirit will help us to identify areas in our lives that have caused us not to be fruitful. Now, when we are asking the Lord to search us, we know that the Lord is not going to condemn us, but there may be a prick of conviction within him searching us, some area where it, we might be a little guarded or defensive and where we might even try to justify why we do what we do. But if we want to become more fruitful, more fertile, if we want to bear fruit, then we're going to have to allow the Lord to unearth some things that have been planted in our heart. And when he begins to... And we begin to present ourselves to him and he begins to bring some things to the surface. It's him bringing things to the surface. It's not us fabricating something. And, and there's a big difference between the enemy, you know, condemning us and God sort of convicting us. Because the, the condemnation just leads to more shame and guilt and regret where the conviction leads to uh, righteousness and to a pure and a cleaner vessel before God. So uh, these are the, the four things I want us to talk about for a minute. They're, they're in that second paragraph because we want to be fruitful. So not placing value in the word. If the light of the Holy Spirit comes, if we're saying search us and he's saying, you know, you need to spend some more time in my word. That can be convicting because we can present a case to the Lord. Well, give me some more time then. My day's already full. Demands on my life are unrealistic. My pace is unrealistic. So who has to make the adjustment? We do. When he's saying, would you spend more time with me? Then he's saying there's time that you have that you need to reallocate to do better things with. Would you rearrange your world for me so that the engrafted word can come in? Would you slow down? Would you take some time to spend some more time with me? It's beneficial. You'll be more fruitful in life and you'll get more clarity in your hearing. You'll be able to listen and perceive much better. So sometimes there is addition in our life through subtraction. Sometimes things are removed so that other things can be added. And then if it's good addition, it can go on to multiplication for the glory of God. Okay. Secondly, being offended by the word. This is the stony heart in the story that Jesus told in this parable was that 
wow, I mean, people were really excited to hear the good news of the gospel, received it, but didn't have a lot of depth in their life. Didn't, as a result of that, there was initial growth, but not ongoing growth. There was initial growth, but not ongoing growth. So they had a season where their, the seed germinated and, and there was evidence of life. Can we see that in today's culture? Just let's walk down the sidewalk and use agriculture here still as an example. How many of you see flowers in the cracks in the sidewalks? But how long do they last? They don't last as long as the ones that are in good soil. Why? Because the surroundings don't allow them to continue to grow. They're limited because they're shallow. The dirt that's in between the cracks in the sidewalk doesn't have any depth. If we don't allow the roots to go down deeper, we're not going to have more fruit, bear more fruit, or hear more clearly from the Lord. Okay, let's look at the third example. Permitting cares of this life, deceitfulness of riches, or lust of other things. That's the, that's the thorny heart. So now you're, you're, you're growing and, and you've received the seed, but once again, the environment is choking it out. The environment is choking it out. So if the Holy Spirit, if we pray this prayer from Psalms 139 and we ask the Lord to search us and show us if there's any way about us that's that's hindering or keeping us from experiencing more of him. And he begins to shine the light of, can I have more of your time? Would you develop some more depth and not take everything so personally or get offended? Would you not be offended by the things that I say? You know, many times in order to grow in our faith, we have to get through the offenses of Christ. Christ asks us to do things that we are capable of doing, but sometimes we don't want to do. Because they're at the expense of the things we want to do. And when I say that, I'm not saying that they're evil or corrupt. I'm just saying they're keeping us from bearing more fruit. So we can have our ways and our plans, which we can ask God to bless, or we can just adopt his ways and his plans, of which there's already a blessing. We still make the choice. But we can have short-term success or we can have long-term success. There's, there's people that are falling by the wayside more than, than, than sometimes we, we even you know, know or imagine because they're, just, they're not developing a better root system. And then this, this thorny area, you know, the things that choke out the word, choke out the word. And, and look at those three categories. If you have your hand out, just take a look at them. Has the Lord ever shined a light on, on your life and saying in your heart, there's too many burdens, too many cares that you're, you're uh, shouldering? Have you allowed the deceitfulness of riches or the lust of other things to come in and choke out the word? So God knows why we do what we do. He knows the intent and the emotive. When he shines a light and convicts us, it's to try to get us in a better position, a better place. He's not against us. He's for us. He, God is not a joy kill. He's a joy giller, uh, giver. Many of these things that, that Jesus is, is talking about here are, are the bigger pictures of life. If we get these things right, then everything else sort of falls in place, if you think about that. There was a time in my life 
many years ago that I thought money was the answer to most of the things that ailed me. And what I discovered was that wasn't true. That wasn't true, that faith was the answer for all the things that ailed me. Because we can throw money at problems all day long, and the next day there's just going to be just as many problems. But if we would develop our faith in God, then we could have more peace, we could have more rest, we'd have a better quality of life. Because we've committed those situations into the hands of the Lord. There's... There needs to be in our life a greater capacity for faith. And when the Holy Spirit is allowed to search our heart and then we begin to allow his ways to become our ways, then we become much more fruitful. And then the last thing, of course, the last kind of soil is the kind of soil that we're all striving to be. We hear the word, we accept the word, and we practice what the word says, and that's a good heart. And then it just continues to grow and it reaches a, a, a great capacity and uh, when it's fully mature. So Mark 4 and verse 24, this is why having ears to hear or listening very closely or paying close attention to this parable is so important. Listen to Mark 4.24. It's in the Amplified, and I, and I wrote it out uh, in, in for you in your notes. And he said to them, be careful what you're hearing. Be careful what you're hearing. And he's going to tell us why. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. And more besides will be given to you who hear. So it starts off with some instruction, almost a little bit of a warning. Be careful what you hear because what you pay attention to what you listen to, whom you listen to, the environment in which you surround yourself does impact you because it's either going to produce negatively or positively in your life. So then the last statement is hearing, listening with an ear to hear is a key to having faith in God to trust and obey. Why is it some people find trusting the Lord and obeying the Lord much more I mean, it's easier for them than others. It's because they've allowed the Lord to shine the light of his truth in their life, which has helped them to identify areas where they're, they're hindering their fruitfulness. They've removed that by practicing uh, hearing the word of God, and now they're ready and in a position to trust and obey him. They have greater faith is another way to say that. Their faith has increased or grown. So 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, we'll close with this. And many of you are familiar with this story. Uh, we're not going to read all of it, uh, it because it takes all of the chapter of, of chapter 3. But um, here's a Samuel uh, has a has an, an there's a neat story behind Samuel the boy Samuel and uh, you can read the first couple chapters I think many of you know that but uh, he was a blessing from the Lord you know his his mom Hannah was was barren couldn't have a child and she cried out to the Lord and um, and she conceived and she brought forth a son under the 
the promise to the Lord that if you'll give me a male child, I'll give him to you. He became Israel's what? What was Samuel? Israel's what? First prophet. He was their first prophet. A mouthpiece from the Lord to the people of God to help them in their waywardness, to help them when they were wandering and lost like sheep in the wilderness would bring them back to the Lord, would help gather the people of God. That was Samuel's assignment as a prophet, was to bring the word of the Lord to the people so that they would once again be close to the Lord. And here we see uh, he's now been been dedicated and he's at an age where uh, his mom brought him, as she promised to the Lord, she brought him to Eli, who was the priest, it says in, ver, in, in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no widespread revelation. So we, Samuel's a, a very young boy. What, what is Scripture saying here? It said he ministered to, he was his helper. He was just, he was there with Eli when he, he's going about his daily duties of being a priest and taking care of the responsibilities uh, that he had in the tabernacle. So he's, he's with him, he's watching, he's, he's observing. But, you know, there's, there's really no revelation, no truth, nothing going on. It's really a dark season in the nation of Israel. Verse 2, And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went, and he lay down. Then the Lord called yet again Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answered, And I did not call. My son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. In the process of, of the Lord speaking to him and Eli understanding finally that the Lord was trying to get this, this young man's attention, gave him instruction. And when Samuel heard the Lord for the third time, he didn't go and inquire of Eli. He just said, speak for your servant hears. Then from there, God gave him a message for Eli and for his household and then one for the nation of Israel. There's a lot that's in these 10 verses, but for tonight's study, look at the poem here because this can be a prayer also, this is a poem that I heard many, many years ago. Give me Samuel's ear. It says, oh, give me Samuel's ear. The open ear, O Lord, alive and quick to hear each whisper of thy word, like him to answer at thy call and to obey thee first of all. 
Oh, give me Samuel's heart, a lowly heart that waits, where in thy house thou art, or watches at thy gates, by day and night a heart that still moves at the breathing of thy will. Give us an ear to hear. Can I say a hearty amen, and can you say a hearty amen? Give us ears to hear. We don't want to get lost on the journey. We don't want to have shallow soil. We don't want to allow this world or the things of this world to come in, cares, deceit, lust, to choke out the word. We want to have good soil that hears, accepts, and is willing to do what God says to do. It's then that we bear fruit 30, 60, and 100-fold. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.